Hey everyone, I'm Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Welcome to my series, Everything That You Need To Know, a series of different primaries across the stock market, the economy, and crypto. As I'm recording this, inflation just hit a 30-year high, so tomorrow I will be talking about the CPI <laughs> and inflation. But today we are going to be talking about digital infrastructure, all the different things that make our internet lives a reality. This piece is in partnership with the IO Digital Infrastructure Index. This is just one way for you to get exposure to all the different things that I'm talking about today. This is not their research, this is my research. None of this is investment advice. They're just one way for you to get exposure to some of the best positioned digital infrastructure companies in the world. If you're interested, I will provide their link in the description below. Once again, not investment advice, all research and views are my own, but thank you again, IO Digital Index for sponsoring this video. I'll see you in the metaverse, right? There's increasing noise around the metaverse, around Web3, around crypto, around all these different things, around the future of our online world, around the future of how we'll actually interact socially, how will we work, how we live. The big question is what makes the metaverse, right? Like, so what makes all of this possible? What sends this video to you through youtube.com? What allows Facebook to reinvent itself into meta? What is this next iteration of the internet? What is the metaverse and what role will it have moving forward? The metaverse is really an interesting combination of a lot of different things with the goal to change how we buy, how we work, etc. Matthew Ball, as I talked about in the metaverse piece, describes the metaverse as an expansive network of persistent, real-time rendered 3D worlds and simulations that support continuity of identity, objects, history, payments, and entitlements, and can be experienced synchronously by an effectively unlimited number of users, each with an individual sense of presence. It's a bit different than our Web 2 experiences, which are pretty flat, non-interactive. The metaverse itself is pretty immersive. There's a lot of different variables. Persistent, it never pauses or ends, it just continues indefinitely. Open participation, value economy, there's some sort of currency. Duality, digital and physical worlds. Interoperability, transfer of assets across worlds, right? Active contribution, ability for creators to build and expand the universe. Most importantly, you have to interact with real people. Facebook, as we all know, recently went all in on Meta. Microsoft came out with their own version of the enterprise metaverse. And what all of this means is that the metaverse is coming, whether it's enterprise owned or not, like corporate owned or not, remains a question. Zuck very clearly wants to own the operating system behind this. He wants to own the end-to-end -end user experience from the VR goggles to the horizon social platform that Meta is building. There's going to be an increasing focus on the metaverse moving forward because if Facebook is throwing the full weight behind their very, very large company, that means other brands such as Microsoft, as we saw, and probably Apple soon are sure to follow. It requires us to enter a digital physical world. It wants to be a very immersive digital experience. Digital. Very, very digital. But what is the metaverse itself built on? What is the connection to the physical? There has to be a physical layer to the internet. We can talk all we want about the metaverse, but there still has to be this convergence of physical and digital realities. There's digital infrastructure, which are the physical assets that support the internet. Think transmission, tech, fiber optic cables, data centers, etc. The truth, right? Not, not a lot of us think about how the Wi-Fi gets, I don't think about it, gets into our homes or how tech companies are able to run their platforms. How are we able to log on to youtube.com? Digital connectivity is indistinguishable from magic. We have digital supply chains just like we have physical supply chains. There are a lot of interconnected pieces, and now with the metaverse and the pressure to be the absolute fastest, digital infrastructure is experiencing a lot of the same pressure as the physical. Um, a supply chain is expensive. 
expensive. It requires a lot of investment. The pandemic brought forward about five years of growth into e-commerce, into the internet, and it's completely changed how we interact with each other. It's everything from cloud, SaaS, online gaming, media, remote work, AR, VR, streaming, <laughs> artificial intelligence. All of that relies on a physical backbone. And digital infrastructure is the backbone of the entire internet. It's everything from data transmission technology to hardware to cell towers. The biggest thing is that this digital reality requires a physical reality. It needs to have speed. You have the need for speed in this digital world, the coverage, the capacity to build the future of the internet. And developing this infrastructure has been a major investment trend over the past two decades. It's going to be the, the same way for the future decades as well. Microsoft wrote in a recent note, the cloud is a globally interconnected network of millions of computers and data centers around the world that work together to store and manage data, run applications, and deliver content and services. The cloud is built on the ground. So the cloud is how we store stuff online is, you know, the cloud. Uh, what does that actually mean? It's actually like these physical data centers that work together to store and manage data. They talk to each other. Everything has to exist within the physical still. What are data centers? So these are massive warehouses that hold all the servers for tenants of the building. Those tenants pay rent based on the amount of space they need and the power that they use. And they're a one-stop shop for everything. So a physical space to host your digital data. Big businesses oftentimes have their own data centers, Google, Amazon, and all are going to have some of their own. Those same hyperscale cloud players also frequently lease their data center space and power from third-party providers. The data centers are very, very expensive to build and have a lot of pricing power over those that use them, the tenants. They store information. Microsoft is placing a lot of focus on them moving forward as they build out their own version of the metaverse. They're looking to develop cloud software and database tools to run inside their data centers, allowing other companies to tap into Microsoft's version of the cloud, as well as Office 365 and all the other off offerings. And everyone is going to have to join Microsoft on this journey. The data centers that we have today and the broadband networks that we have today are not going to be able to probably support the full needs of the metaverse, right? We all go online 90% of the time. As Jerry Hines, the co-founder of Bald Metaverse Research Partners wrote, it really boils down to our old friends, latency, bandwidth, and reliability. Everything on the metaverse is going to be high def. We can't even get our Zoom screens to keep up with us right now. That lag avoidance is going to really require strong infrastructure, beginning with data centers. The metaverse is going to have to learn how we interact. Fortnite predicts where players might go next in order to avoid a lag. The new level of interactions that we're expecting with this metaverse build out are going to have to be calibrated to do the same. Data centers are necessary for this. There's also cell towers. These are kind of like the bad signal towers. They rent space to telecom companies, the approximately four telecom companies that exist. They have limits on the amount of tenants that can take up space within the cell tower, giving the towers a lot of pricing power because they're eyesores. A lot of people don't want them around. They're very ugly. Most localities are like, no, we don't want more of them. And it makes it really hard to build them out because nobody wants them around, but they're very, very needed. These send out radio waves to cell phones and other devices, which enable us to use them, right? So I'm able to call because ping, ping, that's how it goes. They're already underbuilt because of policy. The capacity constraints are requiring that more cell towers are built or that cell towers use even more digital infrastructure tools like nodes or small cell networks in order for them to take on more tenants on the existing cell towers. The leases are are about five to 10 years long. And in this rapidly evolving digital world, that might as well be a hundred plus years. And telecom providers know that they have to get in front of the metaverse as Bloomberg wrote about several of them are already rolling out options for users. So China Mobile, the world's largest carrier by subscribers, unveiled the mobile cloud VR platform where users can watch 360 degree content. SK Telecom, a leading South Korean carrier, launched 
Ifland, a metaverse platform which allows users to socialize. Verizon, a U.S. carrier partnered with the NFL to develop virtual Super Bowl experiences like watching 3D replays. These telecom providers know that they're going to have to get in front of the metaverse. Because of that, they're going to have to work with these cell tower companies like AMT, etc. So that's tele telecoms and the cell phone towers that they sit on. Then there's semiconductors. So these are the backbones of all the products that we use. They're also used within data centers. And as the demand across the board increases for both products, storage, and data processing, we can expect more price pressure on semis. There's currently a massive shortage in semiconductors as they are the brain of literally all the electronics that we use. They're in cars, toothbrushes, iPhones, everything. As I wrote in my semiconductors piece, a lot of the tech companies are starting to build in-house. So Apple, you know, with the M1, chip, Tesla's Dojo chip, etc. TSMC just announced that they're going to be building in Japan, and this will take a lot of time, but it's still messy and confusing to see what's going to happen. The shortage isn't expected to be solved until 2030-ish. Necessity does breed innovation, but it's a vulnerability in a system that could put a lot of everyday products we use into a crunch. Semiconductors are probably the most salient example of the importance of digital infrastructure, because if we don't have those, like we literally don't have the internet, we don't have anything, we don't have data centers, we don't have cell phones, nothing. So everything is sort of relying on these very, very small pieces, these little tiny pieces that are hinging together this broader digital supply chain. RPI, this is just an example, and I thought it was interesting. It kind of helped me contextualize like how all of this stuff ties together. They have four key phases that tie into this digital architecture as they build out their own version of the metaverse. Just an example, not an ad, just a really well done example. So they have the core networking architecture is like a layer one, where they have scalable server. They're going to do that for allow, allowing for infinite clients in a single world. They also have real-time events. So they use need-to-know principles to address the latency problems addressed above. They have persistence, so making sure that this metaverse world is persistent. Then having people on the servers, they have to have core server clusters that support about 2 million users, and those clusters have to talk to the other clusters. Then they have hardware and infrastructure, so servers, networking hardware, provisioning, software configuration, and then they have the client interface. The metaverse has to be accessed from any device, so you have to make it accessible from the phone, from the laptop, from the desktop, etc. TV, maybe. Then there's also the foundational layer, the database. They collect a huge amount of data that has to be stored, that has to be backed up, that has to be secured, that has to be replicated, that has to be restored, and they have to have a retrieval functionality for that data. And assets, all the different components that are going to exist in the metaverse, your avatar, right? Like that's a different asset that you have to build for the metaverse. Then user interface components, so menus, gestures, internationalization, so everyone can have access to the metaverse. Audio, having the voice input and pre-recorded text if you're interacting with something. And then also the services layer, so blockchain, it's the speed of transactions, user account authentication. How do you store the money? How do you verify ownership? Administration. So how do you customize? How do you oversee the system? So there's all these different layers to the metaverse and all of that's going to require this investment in digital infrastructure. Final thoughts, digital infrastructure is really a key component to how we interact with the online world. All these bets on Web3, talking to you VCs that have added Web3 into your Twitter bio, the metaverse on crypto, etc., all have the sole requirement of this physical backing of cell towers, data centers, semiconductors, fiber connectivity, etc. Data hardware is going to have to evolve alongside digital infrastructure, so this isn't a static space. This is rapidly growing. It's, it's very, very interesting. Fiber, tower, data centers are all going to play a very important role, not even in the metaverse, but just like as we continue to exist online, we just need more investment in these spaces. The train is moving really quick and arguably we're still building the rails as it goes down the tracks. As Matthew Ball concludes in his Metaverse Primer, billions of dynamically arrayed processors will power the deep compute cycles of even the largest industrial customers and provide the ultimate and infinite computing mesh that enables the Metaverse. 
The main thing is the digital still relies on the physical. 